Here with us to discuss the Fiscal Policy Institution and the effects on the district's budget priorities are Ed Lazier, the Executive Director. Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Kwame. It's really nice to see you. No, well, it's always good to see you, too. Welcome to the Always Real Talk set. You know how we do it here. We kind of just talk about what's real and what's going on. And as you know, it's, it's budget time. Yeah. And you guys do a phenomenal work in terms of just making sure that the real priorities, and I'll say real for those everyday working people, they consider them real priorities that make their lives better. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the Fiscal Policy Institute and the work that you've been doing and how long you guys been around? Yep. Well, um, so I was really honored uh, 20 years ago almost to, to be the initial executive director of the D.C. Fiscal Policy Institute. It wasn't my idea, but I was allowed to be its leader from the beginning, uh, from day one. And really, our mission is to recognize that Budgets have a huge impact on all of our lives and whether we have a good quality of life in D.C., but also really whether we're going to be able to tackle the biggest challenges and the biggest economic and racial inequities we have in the city. And that's sort of what we do. We, we try to become experts in the city's budget and understand the trends in things like unemployment and poverty and affordable housing and then put those two together with information that's easy for policymakers to digest, easy for residents to use, and easy for advocates so that we can fight for a budget that actually, again, makes sure that every child has a good school to go to, but also that we are really addressing the city's inequities and, and addressing the barriers that we know particularly that kids of color face. So let me, let me ask you a question. At the beginning stages of the Institute being formed, like uh, who founded? How did, was it started? Because well, people know about the fiscal policy, but they, I don't think many people know the how it originated and who, yeah. who was the founding members. That's Walk a great us through question. That. So it's, it's not a secret, but it's probably not that well known that we're actually part of a network of organizations. So almost 30 years ago, more than 30 years ago, uh, an organization called the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, which focuses on poverty at the national level, dealing with Congress and federal policy, decided that it wanted to nurture good progressive economic policy at the state level. So they created a network of organizations and helped funnel foundation money to them to support that work. So the, it's called now called the State Priorities Partnership. Okay. DC Fiscal Policy Institute is one of those members. There are about 45 state-based organizations around the country. Of course, DC is not a state, but we should be. We should and be. that's why we're part of the State Priorities Partnership. DC statehood. Yeah. Yes. So the, the in person who conceived of the DC Fiscal Policy Institute, was, her name is Iris Lav. Mm -hmm. She helps support the network across the country, but she's uh, been in DC uh, her entire adult life. And she really wanted to make sure that there was a, a good economic progressive presence in DC. And so she did the initial fundraising. She hired me and she uh, let me take and it from the there. Is, and the rest and it's is, changed my life. And it's changed it's your been life. a life-changing experience to be able to focus my energy and skills on making my adopted hometown a better place because it's the only place I've lived as an adult was D.C. It's D.C. Well, yeah. you know, the District of Columbia, D.C., we're just a great city. But now, when it comes to the Institute itself, um, what are your priorities? Like, what do you see? I know you mentioned housing. You mentioned um, education. Yeah. Walk us through the core things that you are focusing on uh, for this budget. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in general, our mission is to use our energy and resources to focus on the biggest inequities in the city, the things that are holding families and holding children behind. And so we do start uh, with a, a tremendous focus on housing and homeless services, uh, a good focus on schools, and then on what we're doing to create jobs are sort of probably the three biggest buckets. Um, you know, the city the city's always had 
inadequate supply of affordable housing. But of course, that has gotten terribly, uh, terribly worse in the last 15 to 20 years as the city has prospered, as more people have wanted to live here, but that has pushed housing prices up to the point where there are 30,000 families who have very low incomes and spend more than half their income on housing every month. We know that, know that those families are facing instability. The parents don't have time to focus on getting a job or maintaining a job as, as much as they would want because they're just worried about paying their rent every month. Now you said it was, it was 30 per, they spend 30 percent of the income they spend 50%, or 50 percent of the more income than half every on month. renting or rent, owning uh, yeah. or whatever. They spend yeah. 30, 50 percent of their income on That's that. That's right. And when and you start to look at the housing inequities, where do you see the largest gap? Because cause you believe it's an inequity, right? Absolutely. Okay. So let's walk us through what does that mean, and how do you define inequity in, in the housing crisis that we're facing here in yeah. the city? Well, you know, if we go back, you know, looking seriously historically, of course, the history of discrimination, racism in our country and in the city has meant that particularly black families in the city have not had the opportunity to, kind of, to gain the kind of wealth and have the home ownership rate. Uh, and the wealth that comes from home ownership that white households have, leaving black families primarily to be in the renter's market, and then subject to the whims of the renter's market, what, and, and what's happened as gentrification has swept across the city and created an enormous increases in housing prices, well, leaving the lowest income families, the people who are on Social Security or cash assistance or in low-wage part-time jobs, those are the folks who have the most severe well, problems. I want, you to, I want you to hold that thought. We're going to come right back, right. but we want to talk about the definition of gentrification because oh, that's right. a word that's kind of out there. People use it, but people have different meanings for their own definition. Let's talk about that when we come back, and we'll be right back uh, at Always Real Talk. Mm -hmm.